Making the right financial decisions takes time, skill, and effort. The Savvy Brokers Club podcast delivers strategies from today's thought leaders that help you build and maintain your financial freedom. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Savvy Brokers Club podcast. Today I'm joined by Dean Vlamis, Senior Vice President of Mortgage Lending with Guaranteed Rate. Dean, I appreciate your being here. Thank you for having me. Now, what a great guy. What a great talk we've had. Um, I'm excited to get to know you. Looking forward to it. So, born in Chicago, but raised in... Overland Park, Kansas. How'd that happen? Um, let's see. I'm father, my parents, Greek immigrants. My father may be one of the few that didn't own a restaurant or a gas station. Oh. So, <laughs> he was an electrical, electrical engineer. And okay. um, I think when I was two years old, he got a job at some uh, firm down in Kansas City. So... Moved us all down there. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were there for 10 years or so. Smart so, guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. mathematician type, yeah. But then you made your way back to Chicago? Sold this company. He t- you know, took over the company, then sold it oh, wow. in 76. And we moved back because when he was starting all over again, we had all our family was up in the Chicago area. So he thought it would be best to come back here. Now, come back. You go to college. First job out of college, you become... A runner on the trading floor at the Chicago Mercantile <laughs> Exchange. So I really put that... Sh- business degree to use, you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, oh, so that's what you went for, for business? Yeah, finance. I mean, hey, it's, it's business. Finance, it's finance economics, right. Yeah, yeah. A runner, you know what a runner does on a trading floor? No, right, right. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's where you start, right? Oh, yeah. That's I mean, all, you back, know that was in the 80s. At the Chicago trading floors where you wanted to be. Yeah. And, and and you were telling me about it. I, I didn't realize how, um, uh, like, where Chicago ranked on that. that, that we, what did you say about 80% of the... The Chicago Board of Trade and the Chicago Mark were financial futures, commodities. And at the time, I know they accounted for over 80% of the trading volume in the world. So wow. it was the center for all of that. So, so what drew you to be a runner? Or, or I mean, I, I didn't well, think you want to be a runner, but you probably want to be a trader, right? Right. It was the 80s. Uh, That's what was... That was the thing in the 80s, business, uh, finance, money, I guess. And it seemed like an appeal. I don't... If, you know, you grow up... How do I put it? I, when I was a kid, I told my dad I wanted to be an astronomer. He goes, so you just want to be a teacher the rest of your life, so you're not going to make any money. Okay, so I'll you know, do something I can do. I That seemed easy for me with my OCD, not being able to sit still, so I can always move around and get off, you know, get things accomplished right away. It kind of it worked right for me, so it, it was a good fit for me. And obviously that didn't last, right? The whole... Uh... I was there 11 years, and yeah, and... In the late 90s, you you know, tech, it, we used to brag about the job because I'd get off at 2 o'clock. I, the, I was a order filler on the Eurodollar pit, which are uh, short-term interest rates, and probably one of the largest financial future contracts traded. And um, we used to kid that it was recession-proof, our industry, because you didn't care about good news or bad news. You just wanted volatility for the markets to move. But it wasn't technology-proof. Mm. That kind of line. Right, right, right. So in 98, I kind of saw the writing on the wall that I knew where it was going to go. They had plenty of good years after I left, but it was good that I left when I did because I can start all over again. And when you left, you went and started trading still, though, but uh, now Because computerized trading was right. the big thing. So I th- thought I'd do that. I go, this is because I didn't know how to do anything else. So one thing I say about the trading floors is uh, it doesn't train you to do anything. It's unique. That industry is unique just to that. It's not New York-style trading or anything. So I thought I'd try to do it off a computer for a couple of years, and that didn't work out at all. They've actually made a documentary about that uh, called no. Floor uh, from traders who couldn't transition in the real world who tried to trade off computer. It's a whole different world. So 
Um, I, I experienced it a lot sooner than a lot of other people, you know, but uh, thank goodness I did. So. Um, and what was that documentary called? Floored. Floored. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah, check it out. Yeah, a, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the other movie we were talking about was Trading Places. Cause that, yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, is that is that what uh, inspired you watching that stuff like that? Yeah, I wanted to make more. I'm gonna make a, a generational wealth in 20 minutes. And, yeah, and right. I'm done with it. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. But the, but take me through that that time because uh, I mean they, obviously they made a documentary of it and here you are very successful. You're one of the top uh, uh, producers lenders in in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't like that. And you say you can laugh about it now, right. but there was a time when you identified with George Costanza huh, from, yeah. uh, from Seinfeld, right? So, um, you, you know, you, you trade off a computer. So if I run into any ex traders who did that, they'll tell you how hard it was because you're on the trading floor and you're going off of an adrenaline vibe and you're in and out of the, a position. When you're looking at a computer, you're looking for a trend and it's a long term. And it, 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 being on the floor works completely against you. So people like us fail completely. The good traders on a computer now have algorithms, uh, technology, and they know what they're doing. So, but I didn't know what else to do. So I remember, you know, having my office at the Merck for a while, trading there. Okay, I'm losing money. I can't afford the office. And I'll go back. I'll trade from home. Okay, I need to sell my condo. I have to move in with my parents. So here I am in my early 30s doing this. And I remember. Um, as you're watching the market and I'm sitting there just trying to claw for any type of money to make them, you know, make them living. It was on a Friday and when the market was closing, I was thinking to myself, a year and a half ago, I was the man. I'd be downtown uh, Gibson's bar on a Friday night, have, living the life and here I am in my parent, in a bedroom in my parents' house. I'd become George Costanza from Seinfeld and I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't, you know, as I told you earlier, it wasn't funny then, but now it's, I think, you know, hello, my name is Dean. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents and that was me. Yeah, back in the 1999, I should say. Yeah, crazy, figure. crazy, crazy. Yeah. But lessons learned, right? Yeah, life humbles you, and uh, you know your, your back's up against the wall, and you just uh, you work towards your strengths. And I, like I said, I have no, I'm not embarrassed about that or anything. It's the, it, what an incredible opportunity was what it was. So yeah. no, and you're uh, very much a man of faith. Yeah. So I mean, I think the humbling is part of the process too, right. uh, in your journey, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that, and just in that time. Um, you know, you mentioned picking up the Bible, reading, and just like this makes sense to me. Right. Um, in those times, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind before you made the decision that you're going to go, you know, start doing mortgages? But well, the combination of things between your faith and and business and and life careers. Well, I, I mean, I never got to what was me and why is this happening to me? If that's what you're wondering. Um, so this was. I remember it was the summer of 1990 when I left the trading floor. I was trading off for a while and. Uh, I'm Greek Orthodox, so I like to read early Christian writings. And at the time, I was fascinated with the um, book of Revelation. And um, I realized it was written on the Greek island of Patmos. And I'm Greek, and I go to the islands a lot. And um, so I wanted to take a trip to Greece. I knew I was done with the trading floor. And I have a cousin who we're from the island of Crete, my family. He's from here, but works at the US naval base. I said, I'm coming. Let's just go island hopping for the summer, because I've got nothing going on. But one of the islands I want to get to is Patmos. and. Um, it was one. It's a hard island to get to. It's on the coast of uh, of Asia Minor. But we we made it there. We were island, we just had no plan. I had a duffel bag. We were just going island to island. Back then, prior to that, you're just looking at a book. When when's the boat fare? How do we get to Patmos? And we worked our way there, and we went to the cave where the Apostle John was. Um, he was a uh, what is it? What the, the Roman emperor exiled uh, oh, exiled uh, him? Yeah, exiled him in this cave. Right. Right. And we were sitting there. Because he was just out in the wilderness, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Patmos is an unbelievably beautiful island. But at the time, an island like that during the Roman era was nothing. And it's a very touristy place you know, the, because you know, there's people coming through. And 
as we, my cousin and I were going through, that we just sat there, and it's really small. It's maybe the size of this room, maybe wow. twice the Sydney. It shows where he was resting his head. It shows where the um, the ceiling, where the uh, the revelation came, where there was cracked, and the ceiling's still there. Was it a cave? It's a cave. Yeah, it is, right? it's okay. a cave. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. cave, and um, there was someone monitoring it, uh, a Greek guy, and he noticed us, and he just um, pulled us aside. And I've got this written down somewhere, and I can't believe I'm telling the story, but um, he says, you have to ask yourselves why you're here. And he goes, what do you mean? Because we're typical Americans, you know, you know, you know, know, running around the island on our scooters and all that, and he just stopped and talked. Gave us a talk for about um, 15 to 20 minutes. He goes, as you're looking around you, you look at this island and how beautiful it is, but back 2,000 years ago, it was a terrible place to be to be exiled. So what's important here is what the apostle did with his time here. He goes, so he looked at what he can do, because from what I understand, the apostle, then the island, by the time he left and went back to Ephesus, he converted the whole island to Christianity. And he goes, so the apostle John came, and he goes, and he stopped, and he looked at me, he goes, perhaps you're going through a tough time in your life right now. And here I was, knowing that I had no future, and I was going to lose money, and I just kind of, it kind of hit me. Wow. And um, he goes, but he looked at a situation. He didn't feel bad. He looked at it was the, it's your glass half empty or half full. And he goes, so he took the, he knew he was exiled. He knew perhaps he was going to die, but he made the best of his situation on this island. So if you're asking me what was a hard time I went through, I, I can't, you know, I think he was the only apostle that didn't suffer a martyr's death, but I can't imagine what I was going through as compared to anything they went through. Right. So I realized that talk was given to me for a reason. Wow. So, and, and, uh, so, That's, yeah. Didn't expect that. That's profound. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it either. But as I was talking, you, you mentioned 1998, and that's the summer. And we have a, my cousin's a writer, and he, we have a diary of everything. So he has most of it. And so I remember, I wrote a story about the apostle, a short story about it what life might have been like with it for him on the uh, island, too. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I would love to, to read it. I'm you this stuff. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what, what impact did that have on you? I mean, moving forward, you you know, you, you come back home. Right. Um, and now life, chap, chapter two, right? Right. So, I, I mean, um, so I, it's just I relied on, you know, it's move forward. You know, it, what, what's my, is my glass half empty or half full per what, uh, um, what he was telling us and um it's i can feel sorry for myself or i could you know move forward and i just that, that's what i did and so and i realized the, there's been examples well before mine and so it wasn't like what was me if that's you know that's that's if you understand no right? no yeah. for sure for sure right and i wouldn't take you as that at all but yeah. you know but even so you just can be. Get... for a while there was when life was falling apart and you're thinking yeah. goodness this is i can't believe this is happening because as I referenced earlier, you looked at the trading floors as uh, something that would never go away. You just right. want craziness and volatility. So yeah. Well, it's kind of like that with real estate now, right? Where people didn't think and, it was going to go away, and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah, rates I, go up. And, people ask, are you worried? Like, oh, I've been through this before. So, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well and then and take me yeah. through it. What, what advice do you give people with it because you've been through it before that um, for those that haven't? Like as far as the current downturn in the market? Yeah, I mean, it's just the fear. I mean, all, like, those, all those emotions that go with what people notice. Well, I mean, it, it's... I can give you two answers. I gave you the market answer. It's, it's, this is what you expect when um, a government prints $75 trillion of money in two years, right? I mean, right, right, right. It, they're not supposed to be there to take care of us. But secondly, it's um, the worrying doesn't do you any good. And right. so I, I'll just revert back to what I said. You've got to keep moving forward. So for someone like me in a slower time, I'll, from the business perspective, I'm ramping up my business and trying to increase market share. Maybe not business, but the market share to keep my name out there and keep moving forward. So, um, 
it's not like I'm oblivious to the future. I'm very aware of it, and of course I get nervous. I have a family and all that, but uh, there's bigger things out there. I, it's hard. I don't know if I can put this in the words the right way. That I, you know, I your I have, faith is bigger than your worries. Yeah, I, I, I have a routine. I'm. What's the word? I, I don't sleep well. I think of everything. So I'm my own worst enemy type sure, of thing. Sure, sure. So I have, to, I, have, I have dogs, and so I will, um, every morning I wake up, take them to the park, and that's the time I pray and talk and ask for forgiveness and everything. And so it's interesting just doing the, the little things like, oh, I have to, especially in the cold weather, I have to take my dogs out. But if I don't do it, like my wife will mention, when, we, when there's a period where we didn't have dogs, she goes, it helps you out a lot. Well, that's because I'm out in the park, you know, in the in huge park walking, and that's when I kind of settle myself down type of thing. So, gotcha. All right. So it's your meditation, in a sense. Correct, yeah. yeah. That's what it is, right, yeah. And then as far as the relationships you've built, obviously that's uh, that's the key to your success, right. Right? right? Talk to me about that, just the, the intentionality of it. You went from being a trader where it wasn't really based on any relationships, right? None whatsoever, and I'm not really a social person, so I, I remember thinking, goodness, how do you do this? I mean, really, because I had a friend who left the trading for years before me went into the mortgage business, so that's how I got into it. And I was just thinking, how are you going to do something like this? How do you sell yourself? And um, I remember just thinking, you, you, get, you work towards you, who you are, your strengths. So right. um, the people I work with, I like them, they like me. It's more, you know, and uh, if I'm meeting with potential referral sources or clients, half the time I'll just talk, I'm more interested in their personal stuff. Yeah, and if I and we just talk personal, and so we like each other. You know, that's that's how it works. So, I'm never going to be the guy that's going to be in your face for a referral source. Say, have you got to use me because I have the best product out there, or I, I mean, my business speaks for itself, or to a client to kind of pressure them or anything like that. So, I think that concept of a salesperson, what I was thought it was back in you know the early 2000 when I was getting to this was. I'll never be able to do this, but I was able to work to who I was and my strengths, and I can, you know, that's I'm comfortable with that in that in, in that um, realm. So, and and I mean, I appreciate that, and and uh, and your honesty about it, right? Uh, but how, how, in if you could take me back to even sure. just establishing that, because it seems like you you kind of uh, set a precedent for yourself even right. back then okay. for a so framework, right? I went to in late 1999. I went to a seminar back then. You have to remember there is no internet. There's not. Well, right, I right, think right. there was a America Online was the big sure. deal, right? So dial up or whatever. But I mean, as far as marketing and so these speakers would come all the time. And there was one this gentleman from California. I can't recall his name. He was a uh, realtor mortgage guy. And the whole concept is this is how you sell. And I do remember I had absolutely nothing in common with him. He was three-piece suit, uh, flower, carnation, gold watches, and cha-ching, get out there and make money. But the one thing I took away from it was because I was, like I said, how am I going to do this was right. database management, keep in front of your uh, sphere of influence. And there's always a reason to be in front of someone every month. So I could do that, I said. So I'm, you know, I had some friends who worked in a real estate office, so I'd be dropping stuff off. And this is the basic selling 101, just keeping my name in front of people. So instead of physically being in front of people, I would do my own newsletters and I would do my own marketing. I did my, and I always still do my own marketing. It's a kind of a different take rather than um, today the GDP is this or the housing market's this. You know, I'll do a newsletter and I'll talk about, you know, Though it's a wonderful life is one of my newsletters I wrote in the past. Remember the movie It's a Wonderful yeah, Life, and yeah. I joked around how George Bailey was responsible was a subprime lender because he was giving up bad loans to people who couldn't afford them. So I just try to take a different, more human approach, I guess, and I'm more comfortable doing that than my marketing. So I always I was as passive as I am in this situation, somewhat uncomfortable. On the back end, I'm 
that's why I was I could be on the trading floor. I'm incredibly driven, and, and um, I everyone should use me for because I really work hard. I work really really hard. If I lose a deal, I can probably tell you the deals I've lost from 20 years ago. Is it still bothers me? I still take it personally. Wow. Type of thing. So as my um, what do you, whatever you want to call it, the craziness, OCD on the back, and I use that to benefit. It's not a great trait to have, but if I can make it successful, and that's what I've done, so I, yeah, go figure. That's that's what it is. I, I can't stand losing, and um, I work really really hard on the back end. I just yeah, driven that way, I should say. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. And, and, and how do you keep sharp with that uh, when it comes to, like, whether it be personal development, professional development, is, is it reading, is it staying on top of things, is it a certain routine? Yeah, I, I don't read a lot as far as uh, who wants to read mortgage document, you know, stuff like that, sales. I, um, I think you kind of, you go in cycles type of thing. So you have to, you know, as I mentioned in the early 2000s, the concept in the business was you're on your own. And I remember, you know, the way I worked, and I started doing a lot of business right away, like my second year. And I remember the way I worked was, if I, look, if I had to do that still, you know, I wouldn't be comfortable doing it, but you just work so hard. But the industry itself, real estate and the mortgage industry, would look at people, salespeople, there's your desk, go to work. So I did everything myself. And support was, you know, here's your one person for support, and you're sharing it with 10 other people. So I remember, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when before the internet, come into the office. If you're, if I'm late at 9:30, goodness, I'll have 20 voice messages and right, chasing right. day. And I was again, that kicks in. The way I would work, uh, I've given this talk before. What's my ideal situation? Well, I work from the island of Crete. I want to be on a Greek island, drinking my Greek coffee every morning, look at the ocean, and worrying about nothing else. So if I come to work and I have 20 voice messages, all these loans to get out, I get angry. Exactly, right? You're <laughs> in my way to get to that peaceful state of mind. So that. <laughs> I have to get that work done as aggressively and as good as possible so I can clear my mind, which is 22 years later still not clear. So it's a battle I fight with myself. But again, I, what do you, I hedged it so I can make money doing it. So, so yeah. this is what this is about, you drinking coffee in Crete? And that's all it is, just to get on the Greek island. That's, that's the end game right there. Yeah. So to visit the, yeah, there we go. <laughs> So I guess on that, what is, you know, the, the kind of vision or, or you have a lot of thoughts, you know, in terms of yourself and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of thoughts, right? It seems like, uh, <laughs> but also in an industry where, as you mentioned, even as you get into it, someone's teaching you how to sell and it's right. not your, your vibe, right? Right. Um, how do you introduce that or, or do you even, and just take it for what it is and say, I'm going to do, you know, this is a job, but you know, really just valuing the relationship more that you build with people. How do you kind of balance that between your, your beliefs and, and also kind of what you see in the, uh, the industry? There's times I've had, if, if this addresses what you're saying, I've had meetings with people and I realized it's not going to be, this is just not a good fit. I'm, you know, um, it's when I sit down, we talk, and if I enjoy the conversation, I, every time to, this is an admission, I have to meet with someone new. I have anxiety. Every and I, I would speak at, uh, you know, for the last fifteen years at Jamison Sotheby's. Every when they used to have meetings, I would speak, and my, I'd wake up in the morning. And when they'd have their meetings, and my wife would say, "I can tell you're speaking today because you have that anxiety." But once I wow. do it, I'm fine. Um, coming here, I, I, I go, "What does he want from me?" You know, type of thing. So. Um, so when I have meetings, but once I get there and it's comfortable, I go, I, I can tell you if it's going to work. If it's not, it's just not a fit type. You know, I, I can't fit in that role, that traditional role. But um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, yeah, that, yeah, so. of course. No, that, I mean, yeah. this isn't a right or wrong. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, so. not, you're not on trial here. So. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and and I guess let's let's then say what the vision for the future is for you. Like, what do you right. envision for it? I mean, is it just make to, make it to a certain point and then you're bouncing to no, have your coffee? No, I don't think like that. I mean, no, I who knows, right? To, if to, have you ever talked to a mortgage broker who says they love their job or something? Goodness, so yeah. Um, no, it, I mean, you seem to genuinely love. I mean, you love the people you're working. You've, correct. You've created so that, you create right? you, you create it. You create, create that. Life. So I think I kind of reinvented myself, like. Um, is it, it's what's the, it's 2022, so maybe five years ago, because I think people like me who've been doing it longer, you're kind of used to doing it the old way where the, the, it, things evolve and you're watching the younger people come along saying, well, if I can create all this business, why am I doing this all by myself? So I did a pretty good job creating a team for the processing side, but I realized around 2016, you know, I was a pretty good marketer and coming up with ideas, but if I'm implementing all that, that's a lot of tasks away from growing the business. So. I, you know, I followed some of the younger people who, you know, and created my own business development team. So if I, we have meetings every day, this is what I want to do as far as this type of marketing and they implement everything and they're good at doing that. If I want to meet with certain realtors, I have someone who calls to make those appointments. So it takes that away from me so I can clearly think of just focus on what I really like to do and, and move forward. So create a good, you know, that type of team where I actually like what I'm doing and, um, people focus on what they're good at type of thing. But uh, 20 some years ago for the first 10 years, you did everything yourself because you had to, but then you realize you're kind of hanging on to something where if you need to grow, you need to expand and, and delegate. I think this is the word, let people do what they're better at doing. So, well, yeah. Well, you're doing something right. And yeah. obviously it's working for you. Yeah. And, uh, I know you didn't uh, expect to share some of these things. Yeah, I know yeah, a little yeah. off of the, you yeah. know, the, the Savvy right. Brokers Club uh, content, but right. no. But I think it's all it's all part of the story, right? It's all about who you are, how you got here, um, and the more people know that, I mean, the more they'll love you, right? Right. I mean, so yeah, go figure. <laughs> no, so I appreciate you. I thank you yeah. for coming in, sharing your story, and just being a part of our community. Of course, thanks for having me.